in a world full of film and TV news. This just in. Breaking news for you now. Gotta interrupt you here. We have some breaking news. Breaking news. To another story that is breaking overnight. Three men have joined forces to bring you the Hello and welcome to the Weekly Cut Podcast, where we talk all things from TV and film. I'm your host, Brad, and this is co-host Connor T, as always. Hello, in the vest as well. I was about to say, sporting a cracking vest. Yeah. Jim's paying off. We're having a beer tonight, though. Yeah, we are. We uh, Did you swear your allegiance to King Charles? I did not. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Um, why? I'd love to know, because we've got quite a lot of American listeners. I'd love to know why Americans, I know it's because we have a lot of history, but so many Americans are obsessed with it. Yeah, they are. Yeah. We was I, I was away in um, at a Port Limp thing for the weekend, and there was a lot of Americans there, and they mm. were so excited about the coronation. That's why they were down here. It's really a lot. The pageantry, I think, I can understand that. But I like the Queen, little old lady. She was lovely. King Charles, I just want to punch his head. <laughs> He's so fuck the sausage fingers, McGee. I don't like him. Look, I'm a big, I'm not a big fan. I'm a fan of the royal family, but I'm, I'm with Connor. There it was the Queen was lovely. Maybe skip, skip the generation. Go to uh, Mr. William will, but, and yeah. Kate. But anyway, we didn't swear allegiance. Even I didn't, and we'll move on. <laughs> so. Follow us on Twitter at Wiggly Cut. Keep yourself up to date. And if you're a fan of the show, please leave a review on your podcast app. We know a few of you have, and it really does help us out. Leave your name so we can come and say hi. Yeah. Uh, also, what's made the cut this week for you? The summer, blo- summer blockbusters sorry, are underway, starting with Guardians of the Galaxy 3. We are breaking down the movie, pointing out some Easter eggs, and even deciding where the trilogy ranks among the MCU. Didn't tell you about that, so have a think. Yeah. We've got Ant-Man, Iron Man, Captain America 4, and this, Guardians. On me. So I, will, <laughs> I don't even know my answer yet, if I'm totally honest with you. I think I do, but we'll have a chat later on yeah. in the episode. Um, also, we just got Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer just dropped. We've got June Part 2. Quite refreshing that there's no superheroes. Yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> Big fans of comic book movies here. We're yeah. talking about a great one today, spoiler alert. But we just watched two fantastic directors dropping two fantastic trailers for what looks like two fantastic movies. Yeah, no flying. <laughs> Which was nice. Apart from Paul on a big sad word. Uh, <laughs> right. Before we get into the news, I'm also surprising Connor uh, with a game. Ooh. Uh, just because we're talking villains this week. Yeah. It's not a liar one. There was a great villain we're going to be talking about later on uh, in Guardians. Uh, so in the theme of that, I have found a variety report that talks about iconic villains and where they rank so i'm just going to give you two iconic villains and you tell me where where you think variety ranks higher or lower of them okay okay yeah so there's only four of them so nice and quick just to get our brains moving uh, hannibal lecter from silence of the lambs yep. or agent smith um i think the hannibal lecter you're absolutely correct it yeah. was ranked number one on the variety list jesus okay. uh big man um the t1000 in terminator 2 mm. or penguin from batman returns um, T one thousand. I would have said that it's Penguin, oh, Danny no DeVito. Uh, yeah, look, uh, we'll move on from that. Don't agree uh, as much as I did like the Penguin and Danny DeVito. Uh, Scar in Lion King or Cyrus the Virus from Con Air. I'm gonna go Scar because he's yeah. a horrible fucker, and as you should. Yeah. He is a horrible fucker, and he was ranked higher. Um, and lastly, if you can get this, fair play because this is tricky. Oh, okay, uh, Harry and Marv, aka the Wet Bandits from yeah. Home Alone. Or Darth Maul Ooh. in The Phantom Menace. It has to be Darth Maul. Although, Harry and Marv wanted to bite the kid's finger off and smash his face with an iron. So I'm going to go Harry and Marv. Do you know what? You've smashed this game. It is Harry and Marv. Well done. Yeah. Uh, if you're wondering where the fuck is Darth Vader, it was a sort of 90s article. Um, uh, so that's why I didn't go for the more iconic ones. Yeah. Uh, but well done, Connery. Smash it. Now time for the news. Okay, so we've had some followers ask for how our thoughts on the current writer's strike that's going on. Uh, so we thought we'd just give our opinions. Um, I don't actually know how you feel about it at the minute, so it'll be interesting. We'll give our thoughts on it, go over some key details, and go from there. So uh, we'll just hit away, because we've got some more news about current affected by it. Yeah, so, I mean, the first famous strike uh, happened November 2007 to February 2008. So it was quite a long time. It was a long time striking. ago. It's not happened since then. No, and obviously famously affected uh, shows and films such as Quantum of Solace, um, Heroes, Breaking Bad, everyone remembers a Fly episode. Yeah, that's massively it. Affected, um, and The Office. Yeah. Um, now, it's um, affecting and delaying a number of pretty 
projects that we're highly anticipating. Some um, big ones, yeah. yeah. So Marvel's Blade, which could probably do with it, to be fair. <laughs> do you know what it could do? It feels <laughs> like that movie's never coming. Yeah. They did just... Every time we get a bit of good news, we get knocked back with a bit of bad news like this. Obviously, there's a reason they're doing it. It's not... And we're not saying it's bad that they're striking. Um, but yeah, the, they got the true directed, uh, true detective writer on board, ah. which worked with Mahersha Ali um, yeah. on that series. So it sounds like Mr. Ali does have some sway in that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just that that's now shut down. We're supposed to begin filming, I think, in a few weeks. Oh, that's a shame. Um, also, a massive project, Stranger Things Season 5, um, Game of Thrones spin-offs, uh, Cobra Kai Season 6, you're a big fan yeah. of, um, The Last of Us Season 2. Uh, and Yellow Jacket 3. Um, and as well, there's one more thing. No. Daredevil Born Again Daredevil. today just yeah. announced um, the writers are on strike, so that's Paul's production in New York. Um, so it's a big deal. Yeah, massive. It yeah. is a big deal. Um, so I just want to go over some things before we give our um, opinions on it. Um, what do they want? People might be saying, what do they want? Obviously, money. money. Yeah. <laughs> money Understandable. Um, apparently, 49% of writers make minimum wage. Blimey. That's shocking. That's really bad. <laughs> it's really bad. Yeah. Another key factor, um, second main reason for the strike is now streaming service st- services have affected the Writers Guild massively. For the last half century, they made a lot of their money on residuals, but streaming service pays single fixed residuals that aren't tied to viewing uh, numbers. Uh-huh. So what people might, if you don't understand, um, obviously residuals, uh, less, the best one's probably Mr. James L. Jones. Think about him voicing Mufasa. Yeah. He gets money for that now. Yeah. Obviously, that's an actor that's slightly different, but it, it is the same thing. If someone's made written something that's smashing, it's still on Fox Network Channel or the people that wrote Friends, Comedy Central, still run it daily. They're laughing. Yeah. They're getting residuals. Yeah. But now with the streaming services, it's a little bit different when it shouldn't really be. Yes, that is uh, tr- that's uh, sticky. <laughs> sticky. Yeah. So there's two main things there, um, and just to run over Connor's favourite person, he, he always goes on about him. He just loves him to bits. Um, Bob Jepek made thirty. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, my hero, isn't he? Yeah. Thirty-two million in 2021. Bob Backish, the Paramount CEO, made thirty-two million in 2022. David Zaslav made thirty-nine million in 2022. And David Zaslav, on an earnings call, said, "The love of working will help resolve this. Don't worry." Oh. Bit of a poor thing to say. Yeah. Um, right, that's all we've. That's all I've got to say on it. Yeah. What, what's your thoughts, Connor? Um, I think a TV show and a film. Obviously, the directors are key, the actors are key, um, the producers are key. Agreed. The writers are key. Yes. And there's some shows like Game of Thrones, um, The Long Night. The writing in that absolutely fantastic. There's one um, scenario as well in The Office US. Um, when Michael Scott's doing the um, What's Up Dog joke. Yes, yeah. Shit joke. That scene is hilarious. Yeah. Because it's good writing. Exactly that. It's so key, and I think give them what they want. Got, uh, well, me and Connor definitely agree on this. I think fucking pay them. Yeah. Um. Obviously, I hope it does, the strike doesn't go too on too long, but I, 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 I wouldn't go out there because I'm not in America. But if I was, I would be marching with them because yeah. they do deserve it. Connor's right. They are so key, and it is disgusting. And people think... Um, if you if you don't know too much, it's, it's it's not like it's bad for you not knowing. But people think when series starts, that's the end of the writer. Yeah, they might be on contract to be ready and waiting. Oh, they've made a change um, eight episodes into a series. That's why Daredevil shut down because you can't continue to film, even though you've got the script. You can't continue to film because there could be changes. Yeah, so they need proper talented writers ready and able yeah but pay them <laughs> just pay them everybody remembers with breaking bad every single person if you've seen it remembers the fly episode yeah, i hate it and i yeah. love breaking bad and it was just nothing without writers you have nothing luckily they have brian cranston who's just a bloody god yeah um but yeah connor's absolutely spot on uh, the keyword there is key so they yeah. are and they should be paid that's our opinion on it for people that wanted to know uh i'm sure you agree if you don't let us know why. Um, obviously, we're more than able to accept people's opinions. I don't yep. know why you wouldn't agree with, yeah, with them getting money. Yeah, If Bob Trebek's nicking 32 million, <laughs> give the writer sorry. Exactly. I'll end it on this. If you're still thinking, oh, I think they're still going overboard or whatever, I'm going to end it on this before we move on to some nice news. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is one of the bear... See, you know the, the show about the kitchen bear? Yeah. That won Emmys. Season two's coming as well. Uh, one of the writers couldn't afford to go to the Emmys to collect his award. That's that's disgusting. It's disgusting. That's not good at all. <laughs> that's not good. Uh, right. 
We'll move on. I don't know if we hit the news, news, news. I do apologise. Yeah, we did. We yeah. did. Thank yeah. you very much. Connor's always on it. Uh, right, let's talk just before we get onto the big trailers. Mr. Carl Urban, you a fan? Love the boy. Love the boy. Yeah. Um, pun intended with the, yeah. with the boy there. Um, he is set to star in Mortal Kombat 2 as a fan favourite character, Johnny Cage, who was the post credit scene or the end of the movie. Yeah. Um, he looks nothing like him, but, I mean, you're not the biggest fan. Nah, not ri- no, not one bit. Basically, does, does this would that make you think about watching a sequel? Would you watch the sequel before this news come out? No, I think I already said that they already lost me, and I wouldn't watch a sequel. <laughs> That's fair it, I don't know. I, I I think I dislike it so much. Even Carl Urban can't get me on board. Fair. Uh, I mean, he, he, I'm with Connor there. I, I love Mortal Kombat. I will watch the second one, but it was so stupid how they didn't even do the tournament. There was yeah. no Mortal Kombat in the movie. Um, hopefully they, you know, with some good writers, yeah. they can you can do it, pay them, and then they can do a nice story uh, with an actual Mortal Kombat. We'll be cool to see Carl Urban because the character of Johnny Cage, everyone knows he, he's cocky, he's arrogant, and Carl Urban could be funny in that role. Yeah. Um, but yeah, maybe that could be something to start stoking the fire for that sequel that... Um, wasn't sort of well received. Yeah, pretty shit. Pretty shit. Look at that Right, let's move on to some absolute bangers. Let's start with the trailers. Loud. That was loud. Yeah. Sorry. I'll t- tell you what's loud. Paul Sandworm, because we're now talking June part two. Yeah. Straight over to you, Con, before I go over some bits that I noticed. The score is absolutely spectacular. <laughs> I compare this score to, because I try and compare scores, I compare this score to Gladiator. Whoa! And I think this score is better than Gladiator. Jesus Christ, that is big. It um, hypes me up. Mr. Hans Zimmer, he's, he's your favourite. I mean, yeah. Connor's seen him multiple times live. He's a man. Made me go see him live, and I'm glad you did. Brilliant. Uh, yeah, absolutely brilliant. Yeah. It, not only does it make movies, but clearly, I mean, I know he's close with Christopher Nolan, but clearly Hans Zimmer is just an absolute fucking god. He's a genius, isn't he? He's an absolute genius. Yeah, genius, man. Uh, I love it. I mean, the story picks up straight from part one. Visually, this looks probably some of the best cinematography I have seen yeah. on film in the past, I'd say, decade, genuinely. Yeah, and, when you, think about, yeah. and when you think about it, it's just sand dunes. <laughs> it just looks so good. I know. I don't know how they're doing yeah. it. Uh, this is shot completely 100% in IMAX. Yep. So as we said on last week's episode, go check it out. Lovely, A good breakdown from the CinemaCon news. This one's shot 100% IMAX. If you thought the first one looked good, that was only 40%. Yeah, I don't know why they've done that. I don't know why they're like, money yeah. reasons, I don't know. Um, but yeah, the cast is stacked. Yeah. Mr. Austin Butler. Yeah, he's in it. He looks um, pretty terrifying. Pretty it? terrifying. Yeah. We said last week, I think Mr. Villeneuve called him a, I need to remember what I said, it was a cross between a psychopathic serial killer and a Mick Jagger. <laughs> oh yeah, it was. Yeah, that's what um, said. And he's a sort his Olympic swordmaster. You see the last shot, he's teased to have a major fight um, with Paul Atreides. Yeah. Can't wait for that. Um, yeah, it just looks menacing. I love how it's black and white as well, that is bit. Yeah, I, I reckon that's ba- flashbacks and that's how they're doing, that's how they're portraying it. It looks yeah. brilliant. He's in like a gladiator arena, isn't he? Looks it, yeah. And he's probably mu- like being arrogant. And Yeah, I mean, I'm, I mean, the scene, we said it when we was watching it, the scene where Paul rides the sandworm. Oh, that in IMAX. Is that the first time we've seen the sandworm? We've seen the sandworm before, and we've seen someone riding in the distance, oh. but this is Paul Atreides, and obviously he's the messiah. Uh, yeah. I've done air quotes there because I won't say anything, oh, yeah. but the obviously if you do know what goes on, like that army that are bowing to him are in for a rude awakening. Um, <laughs> so, so not going to say too much because obviously it's spoilers, but we're going into this movie. He's the messiah. That's why Javier Bardem's like... <gasps> <laughs> oh yeah when, because he's the, the the one almost yeah so to see him riding a sandworm sort of on his first go that easy he's the messiah people are believing the freeman people are standing up against yeah. so yeah it's set up to be an action-packed movie i cannot wait not much more to say on it i think that's good yeah i think it's fantastic fantastic i watched number one. Oh yeah we got we are we was gonna watch it <laughs> we was gonna we yeah. was gonna watch it this weekend but me and connor are sad and we want to watch eurovision yeah. contest instead i think americans love eurovision do they i think they do because it's what because it's i suppose they see a part of europe that they don't like the wackiness it's just weird europe it's isn't just it weird. we're a weird fucking continent the weirder you are the more likely you are to win yep. uh right now moving over 
to Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer. Connor, you just watched it for the first time. Today's trailer, it dropped. Yeah. What are you thinking? This is the first full trailer we've got of this where you know what's going on. By far the best trailer, yeah. The, the best trailer. I, I like the little sort of snips of the fire and the sort of the, the wiring and stuff like that. It looks really cool. Yeah. When this was announced, I said to you, Snooze. Yeah, Snooze Fest. It's going to be boring. I don't think this is going to be. I don't think so. Because it looks like there's two sides to it. There's the, the bomb making. Yep. And then the court case. Yes. What follows after it. Because yeah. if Robert Downey Jr. even says his character in it, we all know what happens next. And it goes into black and white. Like, that's the history bit. Yeah. I think, like Connor said, I think it looks absolutely fantastic. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm, people know about the Manhattan Project, but I didn't know... I always thought, why did they build a little town in the desert for it? Yeah. It, I thought, why not? I like a base. But obviously, they mentioned in the trailer, the, the best scientists wouldn't come without their family. Um, so they built an actual t- town for them yeah. to live and stuff. I just think it's crazy. We're going to see all that side of it and then how the world changed from oh, that devastating yeah. moment. It's got to be interesting. And Cillian Murphy is fucking brilliant. But I'll tell you what. Matt Damon is fantastic. He's so good. Anything he's in, I, I like know. him. I know. I mean, you, we won't go through it, but this cast, just like um, June Part 2, has a stacked ensemble of cast. Yeah. Florence Pugh, who's in both movies, um, is in this as well. I just cannot wait. Yeah. Um, not much more to say on that. The only thing I will say, I'm worried, Con, because Ooh. it is up against Barbie. <sighs> and why is the world's going nuts over Barbie? And it's winding me up. Yeah, I think this is going to fall by the way. It'll be a shame because Nolan had it with Tenet as well. Yeah, because of the pandemic. It's going to be the same. I think Oppenheimer is going to... This is for film fans. Yes. Who appreciate filmmaking, the shots, the acting abilities and stuff like that. Barbie just pop that on, <laughs> have fun with it. Uh, yeah, I completely agree with Connor. I think this, that, I think that's going to hurt it. Yeah. Uh, and it also, I know, I can't remember exactly when. I think it might be the week after or the week before um, you got Mission Impossible. So, good luck, Universal, because yeah. it looks fantastic. You've got Christopher Nolan. It's his first movie under the Universal since he moved from Warner Brothers because he yeah. said, fuck you, because you went day and day release with your movies, if you remember that in the pandemic. But yeah, looks fantastic. Not much more to say. Two absolute bangers. Yeah. Uh, right. We're there already. We're Ooh. getting into it. It's the first blockbuster of 2023. It's Guardians of the Galaxy. The internet is going wild over it. Mm. So that's why we're doing a breakdown, because... That's what we've got a podcast for. What we're here for. <laughs> That's what we're here for. So I'm just going to go over some bits first before we get really into it. Budget of 200 to 250 million doll hairs. Oh, it's quite big, isn't it? <laughs> it's a lot of money, mate. Yes. Yeah, it's a okay. lot of money. Um, box office, 118 million domestic, 282 million worldwide. Um, now, what may hurt this? I'm going to want your opinion on something. Mm. Is this a kid's movie? Uh, I don't think it is. No. I don't think it is either no, way. There's a lot of swearing. The MCU's first F bomb. We knew that going in. I was really surprised by that yeah. as well. Yeah, because I forgot about that. Um, we all, I mean, the, the a hole gets said and arsehole. I don't know why I'm, but is that what? Yeah. Our podcast, what's going on here? We're adults. Yeah, um, so there's a lot of swear words. There's some extreme animal cruelty mm. and some dark, dark scenes. Um, so, yeah. I don't see families rushing out for this one. No, saying this isn't for kids. No, so it's done really well opening weekend. I just don't think word of mouth is great, but I don't think families that are going to see Mario ain't going to go and see this. No, as soon as animals are involved, yes. it gets sticky. Yeah, so they just got away with that PG thirteen rating. Um, but anyway, so like we said, we move on. Um, it's doing very well. Incredible word of mouth. Ninety five percent rotten tomato score. Good, very very good. That's the audience. Um, now. I do think we should just get into spoilers. It come out on Wednesday for us in the UK. Yeah. Uh, if you don't want to know anything, you haven't got the chance to see it yet, then please run away now. Do we have the spoiler warning? This is your chance. The button, this one. Yeah. Smashed it. Oh, you always trust you. You always doubt, but you got it, mate. It's a big red button. <laughs> it is the well. big red button as well. <laughs> right. Okay. We're, we're just going to go straight into it. Like we said, it's spoilers. Uh, I'm just going to ask you straight away, Con. What's, what are you, what's going on here? What's the story? Where's the Guardians? This, the Guardians are. Or they're nowhere. Nice. They're both. Well played. Yeah. Well played. Um, and it seems Quill is struggling big time. Big time. Yeah, he's, he's, he's missing Gamora. Do you remember the Christmas special? I did completely forget about it. I did remember it. I did. Now I remember yeah. when I sort of realised watching the movie, I went, oh, 
God, yeah, there because he said about sister, you're my sister to yeah. Mantis, and I was like, oh shit, Kevin Bacon and that. <laughs> yeah, but if you if you haven't watched the Christmas special, because I was looking at people thinking, and people were looking at each other like, what's going on? Yeah, I was like, you haven't watched the Christmas. Special, <laughs> you ain't watched which it. It's a shame, but he's struggling big time, big time. Um, uh, and then Adam Warlock just comes in, <laughs> kicking off, um, and Rocket gets injured. Yeah, and the story basically is save Rocket. It is. That le- yeah. legit is the fact. Um, we'll stop on that scene because that's a really good one. So it opens up, like Connor says, on nowhere. Um, and it's sort of, you know, Peter Quill's just getting drunk. It seems like every night he's in the bar, gets passed out. And then Nebula comes and picks him up. And they do the classic James Gunn title card, slow motion walk. Yep. Uh, coming up with Guardians of the Galaxy. And did you know that's not actually Chris Pratt? I see a TikTok today. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. did. Oh, yeah, okay. I see it today. It's a it's a doll made. It's like an eighty five pound doll made uh, of that looks exactly like Chris Pratt, uh, and that's what Nebula's got in her arms. Yeah. Really freaky shit. They scanned his whole body, didn't they? Yeah. It's insane. It looks. Uh, that's that's why practical effects are just amazing. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So just thought I mentioned that one. Right. We then see, as Connor said, Will Poulter's Adam Warlock flying through space, heading directly for nowhere, as he has been sent by the Sovereign Nation and High Evolutionary to retrieve Rocket. I think we've got to stop here for a second. Yeah. What did you make of Will Porter's divisive Adam Warlock character? As a whole in the film? Yeah. I thought it was a shame. Mm. Um, I thought he was... I mean, his his ending was good. Yeah, it was I cool. liked cool. him finding himself, but I think he was just a bit silly. I didn't expect him to be that silly. I thought it would be a bit more serious. Yeah. I know he's still a kid, and he is uh, um, the warlock of the... Sovereign Nation. Yeah, I know he's young; he's still finding his feet. But there's some things he's done that's a bit, that's a bit silly. Do you know what? I do. I do agree with you. I, th- I think people have gone a little bit overboard on it, but it is really silly. I don't think he was bad. No, I don't think he's bad. But, but yeah, I did, and I found some things quite funny, which we'll get on, get onto later. But like Connor said, the ending was was quite funny. He finds himself, but but yeah, I just I do think although they couldn't do what the comic book character is where he's this all-powerful being that fights Thanos. I get that. They have to downpower him a little bit yeah. and make him a bit funny to fit into this world of the Guardians. But I do think he should have been... The, that Sovereign Nation is all about being perfect and that. Yeah. I think he'd have been funnier. And I'm not questioning James Gunn because he's an absolute king. Yeah. But I do think he'd have been funnier if he was really arrogant and I'm perfect. I'm the golden-faced, yeah. looking lovely with my blonde hair. We've already got a big dumb kid, which is basically Drax, and Drax does it perfectly. Yep. So I don't think we needed another big, strong dummy. Yeah, that would have been better. If it was the arrogant sort of sovereign nation, we are the perfect yes. race. Like, this is how we do it. That would have been much better. Agreed. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, Will Poulter is a good actor. He'd done what he could with that script, but it was always going to be divisive because he is a two-year-old in a man's body because they woke him up from that cocoon early. Yeah. Which is exactly what it is. Yeah. Uh, what did you think of Drax versus Will Poulter? That was quite cool. Yeah, it was. Because we don't really see Drax yeah. be a big tank. Yeah, he was. Um, yeah, it was the first time I really see see him in action. And when I saw him, I thought, "God, he's quite powerful, isn't he? He's quite. A, he's a good character. He is a good character. Yeah. Um, I do think he had a really good ending in this one. However, I do think it they have wasted him over the trilogy. And yeah. Drax has, and uh, Dave Batiste has been honest and agrees with that fact. But yeah, it was good to see him. You know, he says pick on someone your own size and have a really good fight. Yeah. Um, obviously, Adam Warlock overpowers, but yeah, brilliant to see. And as Connor said. Rocket gets seriously injured. Yeah. Uh, great acting for everyone. It is. They were really sort of like sincerely worried. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's the type of scene where this, this whole film, you don't know what's going to happen. You, There's so many twists yeah. and turns. You think, oh, That's they, a good point. they die, they die, they die. And then it's like, oh, no, go, you're going this way. Yeah. And that way. And this scene, you thought, I actually thought this cannot be the end of Rocket. <laughs> no. Here, now. No. And then we get another one later on, just like Connor said, where you you sort of just everyone's holding their breath, thinking, "Is this, is this the moment?" Yeah, yeah. It's, you don't know what's coming. You know, there's some emotions about to be hit, so you're just sort of waiting for it. Um, but yeah, it's probably a good point. Actually, it's time to stop and talk about Rocket's story. Yeah, because they sort of the whole point of this story is, as Connor just said, trying to save his life. But even though he's in a coma, sort of thing, we get his flashback. Yeah. constant flashbacks at perfect moments in the movie um relevant moments in the movie where they flashback so do you want to just try and explain his what why is it so emotional what happened we knew uh rocket's story in the past he never talks about it he's been cybertronically 
engineered this way. He's been experimented on. What happened to him? So the high evolutionary dick. He is a dick. <laughs> fantastic performance. I was about to say fantastic dick. Yeah, but that sounded weird. Yeah, fantastic weird. performance, but big dick. <laughs> but he, um, he's basically trying to create the perfect, the perfect world. Yeah. Um, was counter. He called it counter Earth because he. he vi- yeah. I think he visited Earth years ago, which is why he's listening to the piano and the Mozarts and yeah. But he, he didn't like all the bigotry and stuff like that. So he's trying to invent the perfect society. Yeah, so he's he's testing on animals, basically, just to try and see what works. And Rocket is one of the tests. I think they're batch 89. Is that batch? correct. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Um, So Rocket's pulled out and just tested on. He can speak and stuff. It's really horrible. They, like, stretch his arms. Yeah. And the problem is, he was a baby. Yeah. He's a baby raccoon. And it's really tough. And his little eyes, and they're, like, scared and shaking. Um, so not for kids. Not for kids. <laughs> not for no. kids. So he's put in a cage um, after he's been tested on, and now he's just trying to discover himself as a new thing. Yeah, a being. Yeah, an yeah. intelligent life form now. Um, and there's uh, a otter called Lay- Lila. Lila, a walrus. Yeah, called Toofs or Toofs. Toofs, and a rabbit called Floor. Yeah, well remembered. Yeah, I shouldn't give them names. Like <laughs> I connected with them immediately. Yeah. Um, and they've all been testing on it, and they're just sort of trying to figure out what's going on, and they're waiting to, to go see the to, sky. The, to the blue sky, this yeah. utopia. But what they don't know is they're just experiments. And I don't know why the high evolutionary wants to turn animals into the perfect beings. He's got turtles and kangaroos. Yeah, I, d- I don't know if it's because, like we are, it was quite relevant. Yeah. I've not read this, so this isn't me trying to be some smarty-ass person. Just tell me to... Piss off if Smart I'm sounding. <laughs> Just tell me to shut up. Is it because? Because that's a really good question, actually, and I don't know why I didn't think of that. Why is he obsessed with the animals and not about the you know human beings or yeah. or other life forms that are not animals or matter or whatever? Um, is it because the human race is just too far gone? I, yeah. Can animals be you know if they were made to be evolved into intelligent beings, would that be be able to make a perfect society is because look at us now we're, we're killing yeah. this world we're destroying this world that's probably there's, is, there's yeah. the you know crime is <laughs> everywhere we've got i'm not sorry to say it, we're not going to get serious but there's every time you turn on the news it's it's a shooting here there's someone dead there yeah. and it's horrific mankind can be yeah. is that is that james gunn's maybe full pro that'd be an interesting question for someone to ask him like why yeah is he not doing human beings it was probably a dig at the society yeah. we are in today i'm thinking Animals, because animals are better than humans. And he loves animals. Yeah. Yeah, he, James Gunn's known to love them. They are better than humans. Yeah, and a dog is the best thing in the world. <laughs> a dog is better than a human. A dog's better than you, Connor. They are, he is. <laughs> a dog is better than me. That's probably a fair point. Um, but Good question. I also think it pulls hard on the heartstrings of humans. Yes. If I see an animal, they think, fuck, this animal can't die. Works better for the story. Yeah. 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 Agreed. Um, okay. So, because actually it's funny, I've got this to mention later on, but I'll just mention it now, because we're going to be talking the villain in a second. Um, but yeah, he destroys a whole planet. Yeah. Like, this is how fucking big dick he is. He destroys a whole planet, evil. And they're sort of like human slash animals at that point. But if that was a planet full of animals, not this evolution figure, it would, I'd have even cared even more. Yeah. So you're right. And maybe that's what he's done, because he knows it is going to play on the heartstrings a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as Connor just said, the Rocket story, uh, I'm going to be honest, this to me, I've written it down here and I'll just say it, it, it was the most heartbreaking MCU story I've watched. Yeah, I agree. Forget Thor losing Loki and you know his mum, dad, um, WandaVision, forget about Wanda losing Vision and, and all that. Any story in this MCU, I have not been broken like I have in this movie. Yeah. Um, I don't know about what you think. It was... It was heartbreaking, and I did well up at times as well because I thought this is this is really getting me. Holly was in bits. Yeah, I was like, this is really. And then the bit, obviously, when the high of a new tree, because it, it comes to fishing that rocket is extremely clever, and the high of a new tree is asking him, "How did you know that?" Because I don't know that, and I've yeah. created you. He's got a god complex, basically. <laughs> he has. Yeah, he has. He's wondering why is Rocket smarter than me? Yeah, because I think everything he creates just does things that he, he engineers them to do yeah. perfectly. But what Rocket has done, somehow, his brain manages to think better and think on its own and solve problems. Yeah. Whereas 
So the other things he makes are perfect, but none of them are like Rocket where they can do their own thing and, and, and evolve even more. Yeah. So that's why he's obsessed with getting Rocket back and wants his brain to study. Yeah. To make the new batch of children we see later on like Rocket. Yeah. Um, so yeah, good segue. So now let's talk about the villain then. What are we, what are we, yeah. I mean, how is he just one of the most evil villains in the MCU for you? Yeah, he's one of the most evil villains and he's one of the best villains in the MCU. 100% agree. When we went into this, I think we both said it's quite a shit villain. And yes. we thought it's going to be rubbish. Yeah. He was fucking fantastic. I said the F word a few times today, but he's fantastic. He's had a beer. I had a beer. <laughs> but um, even his acting performances, you felt it and it was like, there's a bit where he sort of interrupts someone talking to him and he shouts at him. It's like it's just like a manager shouting at yes. him. Yes. And you really feel it. And I yeah. thought, this is really, really uh it's really powerful. Do you know what I love about him? Like we me and Connor have said this before. We love don't get me wrong, Darth Vader's so iconic. He's so iconic. Yeah. But someone like Voldemort, to me, I sort of what's the word? Not relate, but I just I'm more intrigued about because there's no if, there's no but about him. Thanos we can sort of understand his motivation. Yeah. We can. Everyone can. But he's just wrong because he's doing mass genocide. Yeah. <laughs> Stop it. Yeah, um, come on. But with Voldemort and, you know, this of high evolutionary, they're just fucking evil. Throughout. And there's no turning them. There's, that's, that's, we're just about to say, there's no turning or reasoning. Yeah. They are just evil beings. The only way to stop them is to kill them. Exactly. It's the only way you stop them. That's absolutely spot on. Yeah. So, yeah, like like I said, I mean, Darth Vader, he goes good in the end. He was good to uh, begin with. Yeah. There's, he, he's, you know, whelmed by the dark side. So as much as that is an intriguing and iconic character, for me, these villains hit harder because I hate them. Yeah. So, so much. Yeah, and you think he's going to stop at nothing and he'll kill every guardian yes. twice over. He doesn't yeah. care. Laughing while he does it. Yeah, and that's what I like. So he's quite cocky and arrogant, and he's like, "I like a, I like a villain like that." Yeah, who's so confident for Brilliant. himself. So yeah, it's good. <laughs> so good. Uh, the actor, I just thought I'd mention his name, Chuck Woody. Uh, I've, I'm sorry if I mispronounce it. Absolute solid name, Chuck Woody Woody. Uh, he was, if people don't know who he is, he was Mern in Peacemaker. Um, ah. So that's why James Gunn uh, knows him. James Gunn in Peacemaker said that this is the best actor in a long time he's worked with. Like, it just is obsessed with him. Yeah. So I can put money on it now. He will appear in the DCU. Brilliant. With um, James. I want to see more of him. 100%. Make him a villain. Yeah. People are already saying Brainiac for Superman, which is a yeah. bit of a similar-ish character. Yeah. Heartless, just wants to be the best sort of thing. Um. So, absolute brilliant performance. I can't speak highly enough of this villain. Best of the... um trilogy by far oh for sure yeah easy right now one of the first huge action sequences and sort of one of the few really um is the heist mission um as the guardians find out that rocket's implants come from a company called orgo corp (laughs) (laughs) and they need to break into and find the data to save rocket as connor said earlier now but this whole scene is just james gunn yeah Uh, it's an organic space station and yeah, it's so strange, but it looks brilliant. The visuals when they're jumping out on the suits, etc., just absolutely fantastic. Um, I assumed you liked that scene. I did like that scene. Very colourful. Yeah, it was. Um, now, at this point, the Guardians have met up with the Ravagers that we meet in Guardians Two, such as Sylvester Stallone, Starfax, and Michael Rosenbaum's Crystal Face Dude. Uh, one of the Ravager leaders is, of course, now Gamora. Mm. Um, she joins the Guardians as they make their way inside. Okay, again, I've got to stop here because there's something I need your opinion on because the internet are talking about it. Yeah. And that's what we do here. Um, We're going to address the elephant in the room as inside the facility, we meet a few characters played by a close uh, friends and family wife of James Gunn. Yeah. We have Nathan Fillion, lifelong friend. We have Jennifer Holland, his wife. And we have Daniela Melchior, who played Ratcatcher 2 in Suicide Squad. Mm. Um, Do you care that he puts his friends and families in movies. Couldn't care less. <laughs> Could not care I less. I didn't know Connor's answer on that, yeah. but it's my, he's got my answer as well. Yeah, so. And I'll tell you why, because I think we might have said this down the pub or something said, Adam Sandler does the same thing. Yes. All of his pals are in his films. That's fine. Everyone eats. Yeah. If we all everyone eats. Uh, Hans Zimmer works for the same compo- um, director. Christopher Nolan and Hans yep. Zimmer always work together. Yep. John Williams and Steven Spielberg always work together. Always bring each other in. So it's the same. All right, they're married or good friends, but... Why not? He's not making um, his wife 
Lois Lane. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, she's got like a white, and, and also she's a fucking good actress. Yeah, she is. Yeah. Uh, so it was like a what? She had two or three lines. I, it takes nothing away from me, the scenes. Nathan Fillion also is a renowned actor. Like He's, at, he's yeah. hilarious. He was. I don't want you for... He was the captain. Oh, I, the thought, white, he, I thought he was really he, funny. Yeah. hated he's the right-hand man. Oh, he goes, I've got one of those. That's so funny. Um, and do you know what? Whilst we're there, because we ain't got much to talk about this scene, it was really colourful. The fight scene was good. I know Connor really likes the joke. Do you want to explain the carrot joke? Oh. <laughs> I'll remember it if you need. So Gamora is basically ruthless. She's not the Gamora you remember. Is now ruthless. Good point. Sorry. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. Um, and they're trying to escape with one of the one of the um sort of workers there. Yeah. And he says, "Um, kill kill the one that looks like a carrot, so they know we mean business." <laughs> and it pans to a, like a carrot looking person, and he says, "No, don't kill the pat." And his face is relief in his face. Once goes, they leave the room. Oh, it's so funny. It was really funny. Um, again, then I'll, I'll stop, whilst we leave that scene, I felt like the comedy. There was a lot of it. But I do think it mainly landed for me. I think it worked, yeah, really well. Yeah, the only points I didn't like in the film, I think it was supposed to be funny, that when the guardians were arguing amongst each other, and sometimes it felt a bit false when they're just screaming at each other, and you think it's a bit jarring. This completely agree. I had that written down as well. Nebula and Mantis were too worst for it. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. were. I know what he was trying to do. He was trying to emphasize that they are family. Yeah. And one minute they can scream and shout, the next minute they can save each other's lives or, or, you know, be, you know, close. But yeah, it felt a bit jarring at times. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's fine. It's, we're, we're nitpicking a little bit, but that's just, but the comedy was just brilliant. Yeah. Don't one bit really got me. Do you remember when um, he's being a bit arrogant in front of Gamora when he sees her for the first time and he's like, <sighs> like, when he's like he's, he has a go at her sort of thing and she goes, who are you again? And he goes, <laughs> 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 And like he, he really is yeah. in pain, isn't he? He's so depressed. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's just yeah, the comedy just landed worked for me. Um after getting out alive, the team find out about Counter Earth, which Connor mentioned earlier. This is the utopia that the high evolutionary promised Rocket Lila um is modelled on to look exactly like planet Earth. After heading there, Gamora, Drax, and Mantis stay with the ship to look after the rocket, and Peter Quill and Groot and Nebula go and speak with the high evolutionary where we see them interact for the first time. Yeah. Where he puts his finger up and tells yeah. them to wait and he's typing. Fuck. So, so good. Yeah, I love that. Um, now, this is where, in horrific fashion, he tells Quill that he must start again as he always has done and the planet starts to explode. <laughs> yeah. I didn't expect that. I didn't at all. And the We'd fact just that- met that family as well. Yeah, and it was very James Gunn. So the point, Counter-Earth was... When you've made the perfect sort of species, yeah. there's no rage in them at all. Oh, yes. Good point. That was a big, yeah. big thing. And as soon as they land, we see it in the trailer where he throws the, Drax throws the ball at the little girl and she starts crying. And then they start throwing stuff at the Guardians. But they're not supposed to do that. No. So immediately you think, this is failed. Yeah. And I think they're driving through and you see like a massive porcupine <laughs> selling drugs <laughs> or beating shit yeah. out. Because he even says to him, um, Peter Quill goes to... When he's explaining his big plan, he goes to the high evolutionary and goes, I don't know if you noticed, I don't know if you know this, but the utopia shouldn't really be dealing meth at the side on, yeah. on the streets. And that's where he says, Yeah, um, it's fouled, so I must start again. And then it starts exploding. Oh, grass. Jesus, cool, salt. <laughs> Jesus, Peter. <laughs> um, yeah, just horrific. Well, like um, the explosions. Yeah. It's very James Gunn because the explosions, and you see the families exploding. Oh, shit. Yeah, you underneath the ship and that. Yeah, and that, you, you don't expect that with an MCU film absolutely horrific yeah um and then back on the ship how cool is it when peter goes kill everyone to Groot, and then Groot brings oh. out like 15 guns they go back to back it's Come so on. cool i love Groot. <laughs> i absolutely love him do you like he's because that was a bit of a divisive point but people seem to love it do you like so basically i think the reason he's swole mm. is because he was close with thor oh. um and that's why obviously the first guardians he lived on planet x where he was born most of his life so that's just what Groot looks like yeah then obviously he was baby Groot and grew up with Thor and stuff like that I was obsessed with Thor oh yeah and that, that apparently that's why he makes himself bigger because he wants to look like that I like big Groot I like big Groot yeah, I like it Fantastic. and when he went kaiju they went no not kaiju Groot and he goes <laughs> yeah. brilliant um yeah so a closer look at the animal experiments as well we saw that war pig thing yeah. And it's just, this is not a fucking kid's movie, mate. His head chops off. It's the, oh, yeah. Adam Warlock pulls it off. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just uh, the... But the designs are fantastic. Yeah, really good. It is really good. Like, jetpack pig. Yeah. Like, insane. Um, okay, so now 
We're deep into the third act. It's sort of coming to an end. And Kraglin brings nowhere up face-to-face to the high evolutionary ship. Um, and out of the eye comes a cannon that blasts a hole into the starboard side. Yeah. That was insane. Yeah, it was cool. That was so... Yeah. You're not getting that from any other director of the MCU. No. Nah. He's, he's, he's a king. They've lost him. It's a massive loss, that is, for Marvel. Yeah. Um, all the Guardians now united on the high evolutionary ship. Rocket says he tried, uh, he's tired of running and wants to save all the experiments and the children as the ship is about to explode. We then get an epic slow-motion shot of all the Guardians walking that leads into a one-shot, long-take fight scene that I'm going to need Connor to explain because this, for me... My mind has not recovered from seeing this hallway fight scene yet. Yeah, I don't know how they do it. So you've got the Daredevil hallway scene, <laughs> that which is fantastic. You've got the Batman sort of lift hallway scene yes. that's flashing, Brilliant. which is fantastic. And then you've got this, which is just different gravy. How did he do it? Now, it's just chaos everywhere, but it's really good for... It's so controlled chaos. Yes, working as teams. Yeah, and the Controlled chaos. Outstanding yeah. wording, yeah. And they're fighting, and they're just defeating everybody. And you've got to remember, a lot of it is CGI Of course, well. of course. I don't know how he done it. Well, I mean, all the, you know, the, the half pigs and half rhinos and half octopus machines. Yeah. That's like Connor said, that's all CGI. Groot, you know, jumping around and putting his, you know, his tree arm through people. Star-Lord's blasters. It's all CGI. Yeah. So how did he do a one-shot look like that? And we're, we're, we are basically traveling through the corridor with him until yep. we get to the end. It's brilliant. He, he plants these electrocuted things on people oh, as yeah. he's going, um, Star Lord, and then just electrifies, zooms in on him, pressing it. Oh, yeah. it's just brilliant. Gamora with her sword. Just, yeah, it, I can't lie. It blew me away. One of the best action sequences of the MCU. Yeah, uh, I agree. Completely unbelievable. Um, after saving all the animals and experiments, Rocket finally learns he is a raccoon and he is leaving with some baby ones. The High Evolutionary shows up and starts beating him to shit with his gravity power. Rocket, however, has developed gravity boots to repel this and tells him his name is Rocket Raccoon and blasts him in the chest. And then the rest of the Guardians show up and beat him senseless. Yeah, that's a bit of shit. Really cool, man. Yeah, I love that. That is like the final work together to free the big boss. Yes, yeah. And then Gamora in the end. Ruthless Gamora. Yeah. Who I think we needed in this film. Yeah. Ruthless style Gamora. Just a killer blow, just a stab in the stomach. Fantastic, yeah. and they even—it uh, was sort of like the the ending of it when the you know the kid they beat the shit out of Pennywise. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Fantastic. Uh, then they pull off his mask because the you know the face it was looked weird, a bit like um, I think he was meant to look like Peter Weller in um, RoboCop. Um, and it turns out that Rocket Raccoon um, sliced his face off when High Evolutionary killed. Um, killed them before, killed Lila and shot them and stuff. So yeah. yeah, just fantastic. Good CGI again. It was like almost like Harvey Dent in the Dark Knight. Yeah, it was, yeah. Really, really good. Um, one, one thing I'll just mention, I, I think I missed it up top. There's a bit where they're reviving. Um, they get the, the data and they revive Rocket Raccoon. Yeah. That for me was the best acting I've seen of Chris Pratt. Yeah. When he thought he was dying. Yeah. He's he is, scream. He's a fantastic actor. Really, really good. He's outstanding. So I think he deserves some credit for his acting chops there. Um, and I just thought that scene was so heartbreaking how it was a bit like the Harry Potter Dumbledore scene where he they're sort of in the afterlife in purgatory is it called purgatory yeah, yeah. they're in purgatory midway between life and death and you see Lila and this sounds silly but the the walrus is at the end and he's in his wheelchair thing and he's waving yeah I cried it was really sad and Joe I thought I thought I want him to go and just be happy. Yeah. Just fly, go with him. Fly yeah. in the sky that they spoke about in their cages for years. Yeah. It was really, as soon as they gave him names, I thought, that's it. We're attached to him now. 100%. Uh, and when, when, she, when Lila said, um, there's people down there need you, this has been your story, Rocket. It always has been. When you think back to, to the trilogy, you think, Rocket has been a big part of this. He has. Yeah. It's James Gunn writing. It's just yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's a really good, that's a really, really good point. How, this isn't just something James Gunn thought up last minute. I'm going to make this one about Rocket. He had a plan. Yeah. And he knew this was going to happen. And it is, yeah, he's walking towards, you know, tufts and floor. And he is going to go to the afterlife and call it a day. He's flatlining. He's going to yeah. call it a day. But she stops him. And, and as Connor says, he's got more to tell and he's got a story. So absolutely heartbreaking. It broke me and Jade was in bits. He was yeah. making noises to the <laughs> Um Right. But right at the end now, as the ship is exploding, Peter saves his Zoom device, but is stranded in space where it looks like he's about to be doomed and die. But Adam Warlock comes and saves him. Now, it sort of ends. 
The team are back at nowhere for the final scene in the movie and they decide their future. So I'm just going to run through it really quickly. Peter needs to stop running from his life and heads back to Earth to see his granddad. Drax and Nebula want to stay on nowhere and help look after the kids um, and Drax be a dad again because he lost his daughter. Um, Mantis wants to find her own path. Gamora heads back to lead the Ravagers. Uh, Really heartbreaking scene between Gamora and Peter Quill. Yeah. Where she's there back to back and she says, I bet we were fun. Yeah, and he says, like, you wouldn't believe it. Yeah. But I'm glad she went. So glad. It wasn't a stupid, you know, fake love story about yeah. they fall in love again. Yeah. Their time was unfortunately ended. It's done, yeah. Thanos done it. He, yeah. he changed their future. Yes. Yeah, I think uh, it was needed. Really, really good. Loved it. Um, And then Rocket becomes the new captain and leads a new team of Guardians that we see in the post-credit. Mm. Um, So, Rocket, Groot, and Drax, and everyone start dancing just an incredible farewell to these characters, wasn't yeah, it? he loves a little dance number, doesn't he? <laughs> he does, he does. Yeah. But this one, yeah, really hit home because we are saying goodbye to the majority of them. Yeah. Obviously, there's a tease in the post-credit. We're just going to sum that up in a second. There possibly could be someone coming back. But, you know, Drax, um, Gamora, Zoe Saldana, David Batista, Karen Gillan's Nebula, maybe, they're all probably done now. Yeah. And that was a good trilogy and it ended. Um, so yeah um, I've got just got some questions for you now Con, to sum up the movie that's Ooh. the breakdown that's it um, where does this land on a 10 out of 10 scale for you um, this is for me uh, an absolutely solid 9 out of 10 agreed I'm with you it's 9 out of 10, 10. it doesn't hit 10 because not many films do uh, but this film it didn't fall down at all it, no it didn't it just didn't fall Bits were a bit jarring. You think, oh, that could have been better. Adam Warlock maybe could have been yep. a bit better. But overall, he was still good. Yep. Perfect farewell. And, uh, yeah, Marvel have uh, dug himself a hole. They've dug himself a hole. Uh, people are saying Marvel are back, as we knew they would be. But I almost think this is quite bad for them. The fact that the only good thing since sort of No Way Home is the sort of uh, a film that, He's now, it's an end of these characters yeah. and the, that person who's produced this absolute brilliant trilogy has gone to look after the DC world. So yeah, although Marvel are back and it's helped steer them in a, in a good direction, um, yeah, they've lost a good director there. Yeah, it's a bit tricky, especially going to your sort of main, main rivals. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, so another question for you, where does this rank in MCU trilogies? So there's only two I would say, tell me if I'm wrong, well, there's three. So you've got Spider-Man, you've got Captain America, and you've got um, this, Guardians. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure Ant-Man and Iron Man are probably not going to be up there f- for, for many people, including me and you. Yeah. Um, not to say Iron Man's as, as bad as Ant-Man trilogy, because it's not. But um, those are the main three. Um, I would... Oh, I'm, I'm torn. I'd probably go Spider-Man's number one. Oh! Um, and Guardians is number two. What? Yeah. That is absolutely a blast. No, I'm joking. Yeah. You got your only opinion. Fair enough. For me, I've gone cap number one. Okay. The See, reason- I, find, I find the first one boring. I do. I find the first one boring. I thought it's all right. I yeah. just thought it was all right. Um, the, the, for, for me, Winter Soldier is a top five MCU movie. Yeah. And Civil War sort of blew my mind sort of thing. So they've got two outstanding bangers and yeah. then one sort of okay one. With Guardians... Guardians 2 let it down a little bit for me. But yeah, that's what my fault. But Guardians 1 was fantastic, and so is this one. So they've all got the same issue. And for me, Spider-Man Far From Home, the trip round Europe, didn't make any sense. Yeah, it's a bit silly. <laughs> didn't make sense to me. Yeah. But yeah, th- there's no right or wrong answer. No Way Home gave us one of the best cinema experiences ever. Yeah. Homecoming is a fantastic origin story of Spider-Man. Oh, God. The only thing with Captain America is I think, because everyone was in it, like Civil War, I think it's that cheating a little bit. It's a bit like an Avengers movie. Yeah, um, and Civil War was, um, and um, I suppose Nowhere Home was a soldier. I suppose Nowhere Home was a little bit like, was it only because? Of t- but you're right, yeah. you're right. Civil War it tends to be a, a bit out of order to call it a Captain America movie. There's a wall in it, isn't there? <laughs> well, Iron game. Man's like the main star in it. Yeah. As well. uh, yeah. So fair enough. Connor is going Spider Man. I am going uh, Captain America. Where does Guardians land for you? We had a few people today um, sort of tweet about it. Um, so let us know what you think. Um, and I think that wraps us up for that. I, just yeah. one thing to quickly say, there's a, an end credit, so there's two post-credit scenes. Um, if you didn't get to see them, go check them out online. The first one was just the new Guardians led yeah. by Rocket. I think you had you had Groot, you had Adam Warlock, you had Kraglin, the young girl that was running around the, the wheel. 
we won't get into that. She's actually a big character from the comics. Um, you can look into that. Her name was Fela Vell, um, linked to Captain Marvel, uh, and won't get into it. Um, and the second one sees Peter and his granddad having breakfast, and the line reads, the legendary Star-Lord will return. Yeah. Would you like to see him back in, in a Guardians movie, or is that just a tease for Secret Wars? Or Yeah, I don't know where... Yeah, I don't want to see him in a Guardians film. No. Because I think the Guardians now have their new path, and Rocket is the leader, and yes. that's it. Where would come back, I don't know. Maybe, yeah, maybe Secret Wars. But would I like to see him back? I think his story's done. Agreed. I don't think you need to drag him back out. Yeah. I think it was a brilliant back. trilogy. What a yeah. great arc, a bittersweet moment. But we'll see. He's, he's so cool. I don't think they can afford to probably lose him, but yeah. we will see. Um, right. Well, that brings us to an end. An absolute fantastic first blockbuster movie for 2023. It's now time to run through our segments of What's on Our Screens. Love it. What you got, Com? Uh, I'm going to try and get the name up. So I've been... I haven't really been watching much, to be fair. I've been busy. I've not got a lot. <clears throat> but I've watched someone on um, Disney+, Plus, which was... I see on TikTok uh, for ages. Let me get the name. It is called... Very... Mr. In-Between. Never heard of it. Yeah, so an Australian like, crime thing. So like, the, the bloke is like a crime... Just does crime. Yeah, actually. yeah. He's just hired a hired gun. Yeah. And it's really cool. I think because it's Australian... It's better. It, yeah, it's not not the boring English accent. Yeah, it just yeah. adds a bit. But it's really cool. Only 27 minutes an episode. Love it. Series. Nice and easy. Good fun. Fair play. I and I think that's it. Well, I've, I'm a bit like you. I've been I've been away all weekend, so I've not been able to watch much. I, the only thing I've got here is Superman and Lois season three. Mm. Uh, solid season. Strange. Yeah. bit. Like, like I've said before on this podcast, the story is Lois Lane's got cancer, so that's one thing of it. So it is a really heartbreaking story that's quite different. So fair play. They've yeah. gone for something a bit a bit else world rather than just Superman punching. Um, yeah, and now it's time for our last segment of Box of Scraps. Box of Scraps! What we got, Com? I've got zero scraps. I've been lacking on scraps <laughs> recently. I've only got two, so I'll just go through it really quickly. Meg 2 trailer. It might even be out as we are speaking and recording this, but it will be out if you're listening now. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think he eats a megalodon eats a dinosaur at the start of it or something. So <laughs> you know. I don't know what they're going for. Jason Statham's probably going to punch one in the face again. Yep. I don't know, but we're going to watch it and we'll talk about it on next week's trailer segment. Um, check out our Twitter for a seriously cool video at Weekly Cut of Thomas Jane and John Byrne for, I don't know if you saw it. No. They're at a shooting range. Uh, shooting range? Uh, <laughs> Jonathan Watt. Um, they're at a shooting range um, practicing for his return as the Punisher. Oh. Um, and obviously, people may know Tom, Thomas Jane was the Punisher in 2004. Uh, got w- loads of, like, quite some mad celebrities liking that. Even Michael Rosenbaum, who's in Guardians, uh, his podcast liked it. It's oh, really? strange. Yeah, we've got some it, people seem to love it. I loved it. I yeah. cried watching it. Um, so yeah that is the show uh, come back next week tell your friends leave a review uh, we love it just two nerds talking things the summer has started yeah. next week we've got a big episode we're talking the greatest ever box office bombs yeah. as well as trailers are coming we've got some more we won't spoil it for you but we'll talk about the Meg and all the news that comes with it uh, and then obviously we get into the summer of movies with everything comes so for now thank you for listening yeah, and thanks for having us in your ears <laughs>